Welcome to the first episode of the Predator Podcast. This is the voice of Amber Midthunder, who plays Naru, the hero of the story, and the new face of the Predator saga going forward. While we wait for confirmation of a sequel to Prey, let's dive into the creation of the feral Predator. Released on October 21, 2022, Prey has reinvigorated the Predator saga, pitting an alien hunter against Naru, a Comanche woman whose warrior spirit is tested against this otherworldly foe. Behind this fresh take is director Dan Trachtenberg of 10 Cloverfield Lane fame and written by Patrick Eisen, known for his work on Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. And let's not forget its production roots, including original Predator producer John Davis. Dive into Prey, and you'll find yourself transported 300 years into the past. Amidst North America's misty forests and plains, an alien, feral predator emerges, presenting the Comanche warriors with an unprecedented challenge. In the climax, the tribe's fierce female warrior, Naru, must not only fend off wild animals and fur traders, but also this creature from beyond the stars. Now, let's talk about the magic that went into bringing the feral predator to life. This isn't Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr.'s first rodeo with the Predator. Having worked at Stan Winston Studio during the original Predator build, their company, Amalgamated Dynamics, Inc., is responsible for many iterations of this iconic character. And when they first got their hands on Prey, they recognized it as a unique opportunity. Moving away from the futuristic battles and cityscapes, Prey offered a historical backdrop, an alien hunter versus Comanche warriors, a fresh setting for the Predator franchise. Let's delve into the design process. Director Trachtenberg presented Gillis and Woodruff with a challenge. He desired a Predator that skewed more towards horror. Respecting the original design, they reimagined this alien hunter for a world 300 years in the past. Their inspiration, insectoid features, Jerusalem crickets, and potato bugs. This led to a fresh yet familiar design paying homage to the original while offering audiences something new. The wonders of 3D sculpting technology brought their vision to life. From early sketches to detailed 3D models, the creature evolved. Yet, traditional techniques like foam latex molding, reminiscent of the original Predator, kept the legacy alive. Then comes the colors a kaleidoscope of reds, making the feral predator distinctly different, not just in shape, but in Tony and Eason's. But what's a predator without its expressiveness? Tiny, advanced radio-controlled servos pack it inside the feral predator's heat allowed it to convey emotions, creating a creature that's as terrifying as it is captivating. And that, dear listeners, is a brief journey into the creation of the feral predator for prey. The magic of cinema, combined with the brilliance of designers, resulted in a creature worthy of its legacy, yet distinct in its own right. The film's creature, unlike its previous iterations, is raw, rough-hewn, and less adorned. This feral predator is inspired by elements of horror, with features resembling Japanese ghost stories akin to The Ring. Its face design gives a sense of primal ferocity while keeping the signature predator elements intact. The animatronic underskull of the feral predator is an innovative creation. Images provided by ADI and 20th Century Studios showcase the feral predator head mounted on the performer's head, allowing for dynamic movement. Various tests ensured the animatronic head had a wide range of motion. Egan Tilgman, one of the artists, was instrumental in crafting the feral predator head, and photos offer a closer look at his meticulous work. The feral predator's weaponry and armor are both recognizable and new. Everyone is familiar with the classic predator armaments, hence the ADI team needed to reinvent while retaining the essence. They faced the challenge of balancing a technologically advanced alien's weaponry against the primitive armaments of humans from 300 years ago. There was even a time when the design team considered giving the feral predator a more ancient look, toying with the idea of a caveman or Neanderthal predator. However, this concept felt too drastic, leading the designers to reimagine the feral predator starting from its weapons. 
Images from ADI 20th Century Studios depict primitive weapons tailored for the feral predator. One weapon, the crossbolt, was initially conceived as a primitive tool, but eventually merged with the traditional predator aesthetic. This ensures that while the weapon appears more rudimentary, it doesn't look like something created out of mere bamboo and ferns. Given the ubiquity of Predator's helmet in pop culture, reimagining it was a formidable challenge. The solution, a bone-based helmet created from the skull of a creature, offering facial protection. While it has a primitive appearance, modern technological elements are incorporated, allowing the Predator its signature heat vision and embedded tri-laser sight. Images offer a glimpse into the creation process, from concept designs by Michael Epinette to the clay model sculpted by Andy Bergholtz, and finally, the finished bone helmet with its technological integrations. Additionally, Sarah Villarreal's involvement added a unique touch, with LED lighting for the helmet, giving it a luminous glow. The feral predator's design seamlessly integrates bone with technology. Instead of inundating the character with bone trophies and adornments, the design fuses natural elements with modern machinery. Images depict alien symbols carved into the Predator's gauntlets, representing the perfect blend of ancient and futuristic. A new weapon, similar to the previously seen Predator wire net, was conceived as a grenade termed the Net Ball, or E-N-D. When activated, the net expands from the ball, then contracts, trapping its prey. The sound accompanying this weapon, likened to a lawnmower, gives it an imposing presence. Another noteworthy weapon is the precursor to the self-destruct device seen in the original Predator. Instead of a large explosion, this weapon releases flechette discs that cause localized devastation. Perhaps one of the most striking devices used by the feral Predator is its shield. Designed as a collapsible fan comprised of wedge-shaped segments, it serves both offensive and defensive purposes. Its thin structure ensures it fits within the Predator's wrist gauntlet. Actor Dane DeLigro brings the feral Predator to life. To achieve the right proportions and hide the elongated neck, DeLigro assumed a beast mode posture. However, wearing the suit was physically taxing due to its weight and the challenging shooting environment. While most of the Predator shots in Prey were achieved using practical effects, digital enhancements by Ryan Cook's VFX team augmented certain aspects, like the Predator's hand and facial expressions. As the movie progresses, the Predator finds itself becoming the hunted rather than the hunter. In a thrilling sequence, Naru and her brother Taabe manage to weaken the alien, leading to a final showdown between the two formidable warriors. excited about telling a predator story in a different time and it is this creature's first time to this planet and there's great rootability watching someone who's made their own weapon and seeing how are they going to use those things to take down something with alloy and laser advantages Action! this is the david and goliath story The very first Predator set the bar for all future franchise films. So it gives us some of that backstory and also the indigenous survival. This version of the Predator is very raw and powerful. 
It really fits inside of our world. It knows how to hunt. I know how to survive. set in the 1700s, 300 years before the first movie. And it is this creature's first time on Earth trying to find the most worthy opponent. The predator's hunting is just for sport. He's here to compete in a game, and he's here to win. Gavin. No, he has us. This predator, he's very primal. He's going back to basics. He's coming for us. He's pretty fierce. He's always looking for a fight. But when he looks for his prey, he always goes after the alpha. He hunts with earlier versions of weapons we had seen before, like the net device. And there's the weapons that we haven't seen. The shield that unfurls and then the cut clamp. This is going to be a fight to the end. To see who is the predator here. Who is the prey. There is no shortage of reasons that having a character like Naru be the action hero in a movie like this is an incredible uh, feat and move, I think. Having an indigenous female action hero is historic um, and I think it's an incredible thing that Dan and 20th Century did to have such a vote of confidence toward um, indigenous people and indigenous storytelling to get behind uh, having a figure like that that people can hopefully look at and feel connected to or inspired by and and you know also hopefully that is represented in a way that is I think grounded and human and relatable and also very cool. I first auditioned for this film and for the role of Naru in February of 2020 was the first time that I ever met Dan and then this film disappeared for a while and came back and I never had any idea that it was a predator film. I only knew that it was a movie about a young Comanche woman who wanted to be a hunter and I thought that she was very interesting. I really connected with her for some reason and I thought that the movie, you know, what little I knew about it, the concept was was unique and I'm a huge fan of Dan. I think he's just, I think the world of him and, and his ability as a filmmaker um, and also a person. So all of those things were already enough for me. And then later I found out that it was a part of the Predator world. This being my first acting role, uh, it kind of came back, came about in a strange way. Um, I had auditioned uh, for kind of this open audition thing that I saw on Instagram a couple years ago. And uh, that ended up getting canceled because of COVID. And honestly, I'm not sure how big of a part I was even meant to play in that. Um, so I just kind of kept doing my thing. I was working a regular job and, and uh, playing music at night and on the weekends trying to do that. And uh, then I got an email from this casting agent, this major casting agent, and she said, I want you to audition for the small part in this movie. And I said, oh, okay. 
And uh, so I did, and I sent in a self tape. And then I did a Zoom audition with uh, Dan and Jane. And then I think I did another one. And then I flew, then they flew me out to LA for this screen test with Amber and a couple other people that they were looking at. And I, I, it was at that point I started to realize this is, this doesn't seem like a small part. I don't think they would fly me out if I, you know, was playing a, some small role. Uh, then uh, Dan uh, FaceTimes me a few, few weeks later and what do you know what? I got the part in a Predator movie. Naru is determined. She is stubborn. <laughs> She's focused. She's the kind of person that the more you tell her no, the more she wants to prove yes. And she is instinctive, you know? She has this idea of where she should be or this feeling of being drawn to something, even though people are constantly telling her to do something else or go somewhere else. She, she has a feeling about where she really belongs and what she really should be doing. And I think the way that she follows her intuition and the way that she follows her instincts um, are unique and interesting and carry her through uh, quite the journey. You know, Tabe is a character uh, that I would, that I really felt a, a camaraderie with because, uh, you know, he's this, he's this strong, tough, you know, warrior, but he has this kindness uh, and this kind of goodness that radiates uh, out of him. And that's something that I strive to try and have in my own life if I can. Uh, so being able to play this guy as my first character was kind of an honor for me because uh, that's something I, I want to bring to the world. You know, uh, young boys out there, so many, they want to be strong, they want to be tough, but that doesn't mean that they have to, um, that they have to uh, get rid of their, their kindness and their, and their goodness. Uh, so that was, that was an honor for me. I am Lakota, Nakota, and Dakota. So those are all Plains tribes. So I do come from Plains people and the Comanche people are also Plains people, though they are obviously a completely different, you know, tribe than, than me and than I grew up in. But the cultures do, Comanche culture and my culture do share some similarities. So the process of learning about that was really special to me and unique to be able to show up to work and supposed to, I was supposed to be learning about, you know, the Comanche people and the Comanche nation and Comanche history. And so that to me was really, was really fun. And, and I really felt privileged by that. And it was amazing to learn about, you know, different things that we share, different places where we differ. And of course, you know, if somebody were representing my people, I, I would take that seriously. And so representing, you know, Comanche people, I definitely took that seriously. You know, my background, uh, kind of growing up in the Southwest, uh, certainly kind of uh, gave me a good foundation to kind of build Tabe upon. Uh, you know, I, I, um, I kind of grew up with, with a mix of cultures, uh, but it gave me a, a wide outlook kind of a lot of things to take uh and put into this guy you know he's, he's he's not just one thing he he is emotionally diverse and you get to see multiple different sides of tabe throughout the movie which was fun for me you get to see him at his best you get to see him uh under stress you get to see him uh emotionally conflicted talking to his sister it was it was pretty 
special for me. A huge thing that made this film unique was how collaborative Dan is and how kind and grounded and open. I, I think he really put a huge effort into making an environment where everybody felt cared for and everybody felt comfortable and supported. And and from the beginning, he was so open to, especially with culture stuff, but with anything like hearing everybody and wanting to know like, if you have any ideas of little culture things that can be incorporated or, or this stuff or this thing, like just so open and so willing to learn and and hear people so um i am so grateful for that experience you know one thing that i love about dan uh is he's so easygoing you know if, if anybody had any ideas he was never uh he was never too scary to approach you know in the last uh in my last scenes um i wasn't supposed to originally have anything on my face just the bruises and the cuts that i would have anyway um but, you know, I was looking at the blood on myself and the blood all around me, and I was just thinking to Dan, and I, to, to myself, I, I want to I wanna put something on top of it to kind of get his groove back, you know? Because uh, he's just gone through this this, this horrible experience. He's gonna He's got to come back with some swag. So I went to Dan and I said, hey, can I take some blood and, and, and do something to kind of give Tabe a little bit of fierceness for this last bit? And he, and he was all for it. So I give him all the credit. Thank you for listening to me, bud. There was not a day of this film that did not present challenges. So it's hard to say, it's hard to pick any one thing in particular that was most challenging about playing this role or making this movie. But I mean, the concept of the idea of not wanting to let anybody down, you know, this obviously takes place 1719. Uh, in the Comanche Nation, and I'm not Comanche. I am uh, Lakota, Nakota, and Dakota. So I'm also I also come from Plains people. But you know, Comanches were incredible warriors, and they were incredible hunters. So it was important to me to represent their people well, and to do right by the Comanche people. Um, on top of obviously just wanting to be skilled, and even working with somebody like Dan, you know, wanted to like never you know come in always prepared or always ready to do my best or or you know face whatever physical challenge there was going to be i mean there's truly no shortage of things that made this movie unique this being my first acting role there was a lot of moments where i just kind of had to step back and go wow this is this is quite the uh this is quite the production you know you don't realize how many people go into making a movie until you're sitting in the middle of it and you're watching so many people going by doing their jobs and it just gives you an ultimate appreciation and it's it's humbling for me um because i know that my part is only so much you've got you know uh grips setting things up just right for you you've got uh you know the post-production guys uh you know who hold a lot of power in their hands to make you look really good or really bad so you really appreciate those guys who don't really get seen in the movie uh i know without those guys um we couldn't have done it, so I appreciate them. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. My only Nita. 
there's something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It's time. I know how to survive. <laughs> 